0: bit of a reminder of exactly who Jesus actually is. That he's not just some person that we, uh, un- that we come and try and make sense of. He is actually the King of Kings. You know, this morning I'm, I'm going to preach a message on, on, on the whole point of Resurrection Sunday. And if I'm completely honest, I, I wrote this probably four or five times. And, and each time I write it, I, couldn't, I just didn't do it justice I've, I've prayed over this and I sought God this week because I threw out another copy this week and I've just wanted to encapsulate exactly what today is about. See, when I look at the church, not just this church, but all churches, I see the biggest problem in church is we don't understand what today is. We understand the cross. We, we gather the concept that, okay, he died in my place so I am forgiven. But we struggle to move from the cross <laughs> to the empty grave. Because of the, the cross is, is our past. And that the cross is it's everything we've done. And that's easy to, to remember. It's easy to, to walk in. It's easy to feel condemned by. It's easy to be reminded of. It's easy and easier to remind ourselves of all the wrongs we've done. But it's a hard concept for us to live in a place where that is gone, where that is a distant memory. Now, I have no idea how today is going to turn out. I've got to be honest with you. I've been praying and seeking God and saying, God, you just need to do what you need to do today. You need to say what you need to say. You need to use me. I'll be an empty vessel. And I'll try and empty myself of myself as much as possibly can. But I am interested to see how today will go as well. The words, come and see, were the words echoed and recorded in John chapter 4, 29, when the Samaritan woman, after having this encounter with Christ, went to her people and said, come and see this man. Come and see the man who told me of my past, told me of my sins and told me of everything. Come and see him. She felt this love and this compassion from someone even when she was living in sin. Jesus came to this earth with a message of hope, with love and compassion in his heart. And to everyone, including the outcast, including those not worthy of any other form of religion. He was driven by the need for the reconciliation of relationships. Meaning that God's purpose when he sent his only begotten son to this earth was you. Our sin separated us from a relationship with the Heavenly Father going right back until Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. When they chose their own desires over his. And Jesus came to this earth... For this one reason to reconcile, to bring forth a reconciliation between humanity and God. But everything that took place, everything that Jesus did, he did it by grace, he did it by mercy. There is nothing that we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can say that you can work as hard as you want, but you'll never get to that point where you have earned it or become worthy of it. It is a free gift given to us that is like the hand of the Father extended it to us and saying, I have forgiveness for you. And this cross of Calvary that represents the Friday When we come to this place of this cross and we receive the forgiveness of our sins, God remembers them no more. Of course, the devil likes to plague us and keep us in this place and he loves to whisper upon our hearts and upon in our ears all the things that we have done. Oh, you did this, you're not good enough. You can't do this, you're not good enough. Remember this, you did this, you're tainted. How could the Father love you? And we struggle to move from this place of the cross. But we need to know, we need to remember that Jesus was pulled off the cross. That everything that Jesus went for was for us. It was the price paid. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was whipped. His flesh ripped from his very bones. And if you've studied anything about crucifixion, crucifixion is brutal. Actually, to tell you the truth, most people didn't survive the whipping. But he was whipped with a cat of nine tails and they would stick in bits of bone and bits of metal tied into the leather. And so when it gripped your body, it would rip the flesh. I'm trying not to be too gruesome because we've got kids in the room, but it's important to understand the reality that Jesus went through. I I hate watching the Passion of Christ because it gets me. It makes me cry. Because I am reminded, wow, of what he did for me. And I can't but help but repent again, even though I've been forgiven. And when they stuck a crown of thorns on him, it was out of mockery. I mean, they stuck a robe on him after his his flesh was ripped. The blood was dripping, pouring. And you stick clothing on an open wound, guess what? It sticks. They stuck a crown of thorns, and not like little thorns. Oh, you know, like you go to a rose bush and they've got tiny little thorns. Oh, that hurts. No, they were big, dirty, great big things. And when they stuck it into his head, it pierced his skull. It was not a pleasant thing, but he did it for us. Now, it's important to understand this because this is our point of salvation. This point upon that cross represents a price paid for my sin. Because of the separation of my sin, the Father had to pay the price to cover my sin. So it is important to understand what happened Friday, but it's important to understand that we need to live in Sunday. Jesus was completely innocent. And when he stood before Pilate, they were mocking him. They were torturing him. They even came to this point, and it it is gobsmacking to me that the same people that represented the people of that city who were praising him the week beforehand, and we covered this last week, were the same people that were saying crucify him. And even when Pilate said, well, you you can have a choice between Barabbas, who's an inciter of murder, Right An insider of our people in your city, right? Not a pleasant person, a criminal, or Jesus. And I'll set one free, because Pharaoh was actually thinking, "Oh, you'll want Jesus before you want Barabbas." But they yelled, uh, "No, Set Barabbas free. Set Barabbas free. We want to crucify Jesus. What did Jesus done? Nothing. Jesus had done absolutely nothing. And even when he had done nothing, when he was given the opportunity to defend himself, he shut his mouth. He said nothing. The Bible says that Jesus had 12 legions of angels, right? Legions of angels waiting in the heavenlies for him to say, hey, if you want him, if you want to be free, the 12 legions will come and get you. But he knew, he knew, he knew in his heart, he knew in Garden of Gethsemane when he, when he was sweating drops of blood or sweating like drops of blood in deep anguish that he was to go through this for us. Everything Jesus went through was for us. He died or he was crucified at 9 a.m. in the morning on Friday. And by the middle of the day, by the noon, there was darkness that had covered the sky. And for three hours after that, or we we find out that Jesus whispers or he yells out the last words he says, it is finished. They are the last words of Christ. It is finished. What is the whole process? The whole process was finished. The price was paid. He dies on the cross. And to fulfill prophecy, normally they would grab hold of a big hammer and smack your legs to see if they were broken. Or they would break them just to see if you were going to live. Because even the process of being on the cross required you to lift your body. Remember, your hands are nailed to the cross. To lift your body on the back of an old rugged cross. His back is exposed and to just breathe. And by breaking your legs, you weren't able to lift your body. But when they came to break his legs, they realized he was already dead and just to make sure, they pierced his side with a spear. And the Bible says that water and blood came from his side, which represents that the body has gone. Jesus was dead. They took him down and they stuck him into a tomb and rolled a stone in front of it. And because they were concerned about the prophecies that he might live or that maybe the disciples would play trickery they stuck two roman soldiers in front of it and for three days and if you don't understand the three days let me explain it's really simple it's on the jewish calendar jesus died on the friday morning and on jewish calendar it goes from 6 p.m to 6 a.m that's what a day is on jewish and he was in the tomb for three days but sunday's coming and sunday takes place The Bible says that an angel came down and rolled the stone away. That wasn't so Jesus could get out. The stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so everybody could see that the tomb was empty. And it's important that we understand that the tomb is empty because Jesus is no longer there. The Bible goes on in, in in the stories that Jesus actually folds up the gown. And if you go into Jewish culture, it represents the napkin, right? When you had a meal and you folded up the napkin, it meant I was coming back. And if you just threw down the napkin or scrunched up the napkin, it means you were finished. But the napkin or the, the gown that Jesus was wearing was actually folded up, which represents his return to his people. The tomb was opened so everyone could see that it was opened and the napkin was left folded so that everyone could know that he would return. In Luke 24, 6-8, to it says, He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. And he be crucified, and the third day rise again, and they remembered his words. Now my question is, what is Easter? What is Easter about? I mean, we, we muck around with, with Easter eggs, you know, we give Easter eggs out. Yesterday, they painted these little pasta eggs. They paint, they color in pictures. But what is Easter about? For me, it's a reminder It's a reminder of what happened on that cross, that my sins are forgiven. But it's also a reminder that I don't stay there. That I move from my place of understanding of my sins. I'm not reminded of my sins and I live in a place of resurrection. Galatians 5 talks about that we are to live a crucified life. Jesus taught in Matthew. He said that we are to crucify our flesh. And the reason why we're supposed to crucify our flesh, and our flesh represents our own ideas, our own pleasures, our own wants, is because the only way that we can walk in the Spirit is if we crucify the flesh so the Spirit can rise. It's important to understand that we live a resurrected life as Christians today, not a religious life. Uh, In religion is because we live in a resurrected life because our spirits rise. We live by the Spirit. We're supposed to walk by the Spirit. We're supposed to talk by the Spirit. We're supposed to understand and hear the Spirit of God. And it's in our spirit that we can do all things that God has called us to. He calls us to be new creations. And the only way we can be new creations is if we move from our place of sin we move from that place and we walk in the spirit that doesn't mean that none of of us are perfect because none of us are we all fall short of the glory of God because that's what grace is grace covers where I am unable to grace fills up my lack and when I fall short it's not that I go back to the cross it's that I am reminded of his grace of the cross I am reminded of His grace of the resurrection. And it's because of this place that I live in this place and I'm living and hearing and I'm being directed by His Spirit to walk in all the things that He's called me to do. Because all the things that I'm called to do are greater things than what you can imagine to do. I'm looking, I'm waiting for the church to rise up and say, we are greater than what we were. Not because of what I've done, but because of what He's done. There are four key points in the life of Jesus. And it's his birth, it's his life, it's his death, and it's his resurrection. And each one of them has key points that we need to understand. But it's his resurrection that is the cornerstone. It's his resurrection that sets everything off it. The cornerstone is the first block that you plant. And the reason why the resurrection is the first block that we're supposed to plant in our life is because it's the most pivotal point to launch from. The life of Christ, this resurrected life that we're supposed to live is like the great reset. It's supposed to reset our lives. That I no longer live in this place of condemnation, constantly reminded of all my wrongs, that I live in this place where I am resurrected with Him and I am reminded of all the things that He's done right. That's why it takes humility. Because when I am humble. I understand what he has done for me. Not that I ever did it, not that I was ever good enough, but because he came from a place of a love and compassion and said, Peter, you are a sinful person, but my grace will cover your sin. And then my love will extend you further from it. My love for you, my future for you, my purpose that I've placed in you, my giftings, my talents that I have given you are for launching it is not for a place that i stay in my place of sin that doesn't mean that i'm going to be perfect but it does mean that i'm not supposed to live from it i mean the truth of the matter is repentance isn't actually for jesus we don't repent to god to make ourselves right we repent for this it makes sense in here it changes me It doesn't change what Jesus has already done. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. Which means he has covered every sin in the existence of humanity. Every sin. And the only difference between me and someone who doesn't know Jesus is I have received my forgiveness. But they have been forgiven. That's the craziness of God. That's the greatness of His love. That's the greatness of His mercy and His grace. That even while I was still yet a sinner, He had already died for me. And the empty tomb is the proof of His deity. Do you know that no other deity, no other deity in recorded history of any other religion ever died for their people? And that is a proven fact. And no other deity ever rose again from the grave. No other deity. He is the only deity that said, you know what, I love my people so much I want to be in right relationship with them and the only way I can be in right relationship with them is if I die in their place to cover their sin and I extend grace to them so they can move from that place. I mean, even after Jesus rose from the grave, he met with his disciples. On the road to Emmaus, they couldn't recognize him. And the reason why they couldn't recognize him is because they saw him in this place. They saw him from this place and not from this place of living with the Spirit. And even after he had died and rose again, he said, wait. Wait for power on high. Wait till I pour out my Spirit upon you. Wait for that power that will come on high. And as they waited, and it says over 120 days, they were up in the upper room praying and believing and seeking God. God poured out the Spirit of God upon them, right, on the day of Pentecost. Why did he pour it out? Because it is power. And the reason why we are called Dunamis Church is because Dunamis actually in the Greek means dynamite power. It represents the power of the Holy Spirit that is supposed to be activated in our lives. And that's why the resurrection exists, because we are supposed to live in this resurrected life. And the only way that Jesus was resurrected was by the power of the Spirit. I mean, he goes on further in his word and he says, the same Spirit, not a discorded one, not a lessened one, but the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives within us lives within you, lives within me. That's the same Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, the dynamite power that breaks rocks, that breaks chains, that breaks the bondages, right? that breaks anything possible that we need to. But we need to move from our position of the cross and move into a place where we are living the resurrected life within the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power. The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives within me. The same power. That means I, don't know, I no longer have to live in that place of condemnation. I can live in a place that I live in a resurrected life. Now, there are always going to be times that I am reminded of my past, and the devil is awesome at it. He is awesome at reminding you of everything you've done wrong. I heard this saying, it says this, when the devil reminds you of what you've done, You remind him of his future. And his future is to be poured or to be tipped or to be pushed into the lake of brimstone and fire. To never exist. When Jesus returns, depending on upon your theology on it all, but when Jesus returns, the devil is gone. But we are new creations. That's why he says that, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in the way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new things have come. We are to live, not as a crucified life but as a resurrected one. To walk by the power of the Spirit of God. To walk in the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, to walk in that place of constant power. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. That means even when you die, you will have eternity but your flesh is the only thing that dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? The power of life and death are found in Christ and only in Christ. Today means something. Today is important. And not just a distant memory, not just this, oh yeah, it's a great. It's day we turn up the church. No. It's got to mean something in here. It's got to mean something in here. I need the revelation of the resurrection of Christ. I need the revelation of the power of life that rose Him from the grave. Because when I walk in the revelation of the power of Christ that rose Him from the dead, when I walk in the power of the revelation of the Holy Spirit, I live a resurrected life. I walk in that power. That's why today means something, because it's a memory. It's supposed to remind us. Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, We Christians do not believe that Jesus Christ was the only one that ever rose from the dead. We believe that every deathbed is a resurrection. That from every grave the stone is rolled away. Meaning that every person that dies has the ability to be resurrected with him. But today is also a day marked with doubt and unbelief. It's a day that we are challenged by living a resurrected life. And perhaps we've never even heard the concept. Well, perhaps we're so... We live in this place of doubt. Does God really do that for me? Are my sins too great? No, they're not. And we, we have this unbelief that dwells within us oh God didn't really do that for me oh that's not really applicable to me but yes he did everything that Jesus did was on purpose everything that Jesus did was on purpose everything he did for you and I was on purpose because God did not just want to go okay you know what we'll just, we'll just reconnect you know we'll just reconnect that'll be enough no He said, not only do I want to reconnect, but I want to fill you with everything I can. Because when I fill you with everything I can, you will affect other people, and other people will come to know me. And I will begin to change this world. I will begin to make an impact in this world. That's what the power of God does. It resurrects me from my place of death. I mean, that's the whole concept of the baptism, right? The baptism in water is we go down to ourselves, right? And we come up in His Spirit, we are resurrected. It's the process remembering this weekend, the death and the resurrection of life. But it is the goodness, the goodness of God that makes, that makes a way, regardless of the sins regardless of our past, regardless of our thought process. It's His goodness that is unmatched. It's His goodness that is greater than our understanding. It's His goodness that is limitless. Everything God does, everything that God allows, is for His relationship with you. Everything that is allowed to take place in your life is for the greater revelation of his relationship with you. He just didn't die just to make a way. He made not just a way, but a way through. A way to, a way to more, a way to limitlessness, a way to the fullness of him. He doesn't just go, oh yeah, we're connected, we're a relationship. No, no, no. He says, you know what, there's more, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's a limitlessness of my relationship with you. There's a limitlessness of my connection with you. There's a limitlessness of everything that I have for you. But we can't stay at the cross. We can't stay in this place of I'm a sinner, saved by grace. We have to move to this place. No, Jesus was raised from the dead. I too am raised from the dead. I'm raised from my death because I crucify my flesh, my own desires, and I live in the power of the Spirit of God. I dwell within that place of His power. I am filled with His power. Today is a great day. Because He's no longer in the grave. And the stone was rolled away so that you could see that the tomb is empty. That he's no longer there. That he conquered death. And the reason he was able to conquer death was because he is pure life. are born for more and there's a battle that wages in the heavenlies there's a battle that wages a spiritual battle and it wages for our souls and it wages for the souls of many we are in a fight against powers and principalities in our lives But we need Him. We need that power. We need to unlock that power. We need to let the power just release in us, release in each and every one of us. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're far from Him. Today, I want to make an avenue for you to get to know Him, to start the process, to move from the cross or we actually get to the point where you understand the cross, you move from the cross to the point of resurrection. And I'll be down the front if you want to come and see me. But I also want to give an opportunity for anyone who's sick of living at the cross and wants to live understanding the resurrection of Jesus better. If you want, I'm going to pray. If you want prayer this morning, well, I'm going to ask you to stand up to understand a greater level of His resurrection because I'm standing because I need to understand that resurrection greater. I want His power to move to me greater. I want to move from my flesh to my spirit on a regular basis. But it's a choice. If you want to stand, I'll pray. We have morning tea and this tea and coffee afterwards. I'm praying because I need His spirit more. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, we acknowledge today that you are no longer in the grave, that you are not on the cross, that you are resurrected by the power of the Spirit of God. And we too can walk in the power of the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that rose you from the dead lives and dwells within us. So Father, we ask you to, un, to open up the bottle to open up the vessel, to pour it out, to move in our lives at a greater level, to move in every area of our lives, to bring forth that conviction, not to bring us to a point of condemnation, but bring us to the point where we will release it and walk in the fullness of who you are. Father, we speak your anointing upon your people, the anointing that breaks the yoke, that breaks the chains of bondage. The bondages to sin, the bondages to our past, the bondages to habits. Father, in the name of Jesus, because there is no other name. In the name of Jesus, by the power of that name, we break all spiritual bounds. We break all bondages. We break all chains to our past. And Father, we speak anew. Father, you said that we are new creations. That we are new. That we live in the new. That we are risen. From the dead. Our old ways. Father, I speak the power of the mighty God. I speak your spirit upon your people right now. That you would wash over them. Move in them. Direct them. Light them. Remove any scales from their eyes. Clean out the spiritual ears. Soften their hearts. That their spirits would rise and keep rising. In the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus and the power that is in that name with that name Father we speak life upon your people in Jesus name we pray Amen